Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's senior producer Walker Vreeland. Welcome back to I Don't Need an Acting Class. Yes, season three begins now. And welcome back to all of our loyal listeners. Also, Welcome to our new listeners who have just found us in the last couple of months. I Don't Need an Acting Class is brought to you by WeAudition.com. So check this out. Just go on there right now and just see what it is because it is basically the newest, coolest actor platform there is. You can find someone to run lines with before an audition. You can find someone to be your scene partner when you self-tape. If you think about it, the difference between working with a real live person versus just, you know, staring into the void of a camera lens. Of course, you know, you shouldn't be staring into the void of a camera. You know, act it better, but you know what I mean. Anyway, check it out. WeAudition.com and agents and casting directors, they're coming out of the woodwork to find new talent on this platform. So, uh, WeAudition.com and if you sign up today, get 25% off when you use the code acting class, that's pretty good. I mean, not 10 or 15% off, 25% off when you use the code acting class. Let's start the show. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. You all must be asked, or maybe people have stopped asking you, or maybe you've stopped having to answer. So what is acting? So what does it mean to act? Very much the way I suppose somebody asks Biden, what is it like to be president? But answering what acting is, is I think more difficult. But the thing that I keep getting back to is this concept that Stella picked up from Stanislavski when she worked with him. It is the concept of the given circumstance of a play. And it's interesting because obviously, you know, there was just this whole huge thing going on in the group theater because Strasbourg had uh, insisted on acting coming out of your emotional relationship to everything. So his idea was to push you to get an emotion. And if you could push yourself to get an emotion, even though they all said, I don't mean substitution, but it is what they meant, then you could substitute the emotion and kind of slot it in wherever you felt like you needed it. Now, I heard him in his lectures at the actor's studio, and he said, no, that's not what I meant at all. But then, you know, one wanted to say, well, so then why are all these people building these emotional traumas in their lives? What's that for? And so what Ilya Kazan said when Stella and Klorman returned from their work with Stanislavski is that they brought back from Paris 
is really Stella. The concept of the given circumstance of the play, and Kazan said it saved him because it meant that everything came out of something that was specific that the writer had given us and not some arbitrary emotional relationship to some kind of general circumstance. So I think it's interesting for us to get back to that. And, and, and I had exactly that comment last night with my cousin, Matt, when I was explaining to him, as if it's so easy, that a bulk of our work is really understanding this world that our play exists in, this given circumstance that our play exists in. And when you begin to understand it, and it covers so many things, it covers an enormous amount of ideas and concepts that we can jump off of. Michelle and I are working on another project, an Edward Albee play. And so watching this interview with Edward Albee and then watching these interviews with Shaw, it gives you such a clear idea of who these writers are and what they say because of it. I mean, Kareem and I are, you know, going to get master's degrees in Arthur Miller. And, and we've got, even gotten to the point where we will refer to something as very Arthur Miller. So the playwright begins to give you something. The way the playwright viewed the world gave you an idea of where this play comes from, where this writing comes from. In an odd sense, I kind of find it a shortcut it's it's helpful to me because I, because I say oh I know what world I'm in, or as my friend Chris Thornton used to say I know what cloud I'm under, I am under the Edward Albee cloud I'm under the Arthur Miller cloud I am under the George Bernard Shaw cloud and as soon as you say it, I mean just from what you've looked at and what you've read about if I say we're going to do a play by George Bernard Shaw. What comes to mind? Anybody? Pessimism. Pessimism. What else? Politics. Politics. Sure. A very deep philosophy on life. Very deep philosophy on life. My God, you really, seriously, you feel like you don't need anything but Shaw. Justin called me and he... Uh, he was talking about Tanner's monologue about the artist, and he went, whoa. And I said, yes, I've, I've often thought every actor should be required to memorize it. What else hits you in terms of something that's usable in terms of acting? It just seems like he like, really encouraged people to think for themselves and not just take... Ah whatever the doctrine was at the time, but to question it. and What yeah. do you think that, very good, actually, that, uh, uh, what do you think, how does that help you in terms of thinking about your acting? Confronting something? Okay. I would also suggest, based on what you just said, that it it would also build into it an audience that is not in agreement with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
an yeah. audience. So in other words, it's not as if you're expressing their ideas. So everything then, and to me, this helps me because it does inform my actions slightly, that everything is a challenge. Yes. It's really good to know going into this that you are talking about things that people do not necessarily agree with. Every idea he has is challenging popular thinking. He was writing at a time when none of these ideas were popular concepts. I mean, women didn't have the right to vote. I I love the thing when he was get was he getting an award? I have to watch it again. In Dublin, I guess. And and he said, I I just went to the the child labor and you will all burn in hell for what you're doing to children. I mean, it's so my God, it's so remarkable. We have no one like that. Do you realize that? We have no one like that. We have people that are hysterics, but we don't have anyone that has an intelligent point of view about issues. Yes, he has a conviction. You know, he leaves it right on the table. Yeah. And it's, and it's such a strong, intelligent, well-thought-out conviction. You don't feel like you could say, well, yes, but Mr. Shaw, don't you think? (laughs) It's like you're in trouble if you're going to argue with him. Because you cannot, you don't know enough to argue with him. So that's that's a very, very important concept. Because it really just tells you right away. He, uh, I would say other things that I notice. He has a very smart vocabulary. He writes long, long monologues, and yet they seem very concise, very smart, very clearly laid out. What does that tell you as an actor? He knows exactly what he's saying, and he knows exactly where he's going in terms of his sequence of thoughts. Uh, yes. So as, so as an actor, you say, that's something, that's something I really have to be clear about. I have to be clear about it in any play, but I really have to be very clear about the sequence of thoughts. And you can really tell, it's great to work on this. I'm, I'm glad we decided to do this because it's great to work on Shaw monologues because one idea follows the other. There is a logical sequence of thoughts. If you can get Shaw, you can pick out quickly any piece you're working on, especially audition pieces, especially the kind of stuff that Wesley goes in on. (laughs) I have a fantasy, Wesley. One day you're going to call me and you're you're going to say, they want me to play the devil in a production of Man and Superman. And I... And we can, ah, yes, that'll be great. Uh, yes, okay, so that's, that's very good. Th- those are really, really important ideas. It's important to say, I am living in the world of George Bernard Shaw. He writes with conviction. 
he owns his thoughts, they are well thought out. And so it tells me as an actor, I have to be very, very clear. I have to be very, very clear about the thoughts. So, and the other thing I think that that we want to add to this, working on Shaw practically summarizes everything that we know. The other thing that I think that's important for us is to be aware of the size of the ideas. We, we don't phrase ideas in a way that tells us that we are aware of the size. Because we have a tendency to answer questions correctly, we miss that if we're talking about the freedom of a woman to make her own choices, we need to sit back a little bit and say, that's huge. It's huge at that time. It's even huge at this time. You know, God, I hope the day comes when we look back and say, oh, Shaw is such an interesting museum piece because that's the way life used to be. I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime, maybe yours. But it's important to understand that. And this is where all of it helps you as an actor. When the idea is a big idea, you have to really understand that most people don't know that's a big idea. And most people, without knowing it, disagree with you. I, it's sort of like I, I, I had to die laughing that Prince William said, that no one in the royal family is racist. And I, I, it's like the most ludicrous statement you could ever hear in your life. I thought, what, nobody in the royal family is racist? All those white people? I mean, come on. I mean, it's insane. I mean, my God, you know, the British are, you know, historically racist and uh, anti-Semitic. To say nothing of homophobic, my God! So I mean, it's just like, you know, I mean, we're, I mean, this is. So you kind of have to go in knowing that you're ruffling feathers when you're working with Mr. Shaw. You're ruffling feathers. You're making people uneasy. I mean, it's it's more brilliant than any politician. And it's on a level of thinking, not a level of hysteria. And, and this is what makes him difficult, not just for actors, but for audiences. He tries to reach your mind. He tries to reach your thinking, and most people don't like thinking. Caleb's father is a pastor, so at any rate... Uh, he he interviewed his father last week about his sermons. And so, I, I really seriously, he comes to this class now, suddenly he's, you know, now he's say, saying to his father, we need to have lunch, I need to have a conversation with you. You know, how do you structure your sermons? And it's like, ay, ay, ay. anyway, but what his father said was, that he approaches his sermons as if no one in the congregation 
knows this information. And I thought that was very good. I think I, I think that's what you do with Shaw. And maybe it's a nice, it, maybe it's, it's just a good thing to take on board for everything. Nobody knows this information. Uh, and all of this is helpful, I think, just in terms of giving us more depth. It's giving it more importance. I have a piece of information you do not know. And so I am going to enlighten you. Maybe I'm going to lift you up from this mediocre thinking. And Kareem is absolutely right. He's uncompromising. And I'm telling you something. I think that is another thing for us to learn is we're a little bit too milk toast. It's like our whole lives, we don't want to offend anybody. And so it's, it, it's, and it's led us to polite acting. It's, it's like it's a world of polite actors. Uh, and, I, you know, maybe that's another reason for us to work on Shaw, because he's not polite. He's not, I was going to say, he's not rude. He's not coarse. He's so sophisticated. It's remarkable how extensive his thinking is and on so many levels. I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music provided by Jeffrey Keezer Trio, May This Be Love, from their album, On My Way to You. Uh, if you have a question for Milton, please feel free to send your email to questionsformilton at gmail.com. That's questionsformilton at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at I Don't Need an Acting Class. And please subscribe, rate, and review. It's all we ask. It's all we ask. We don't do Patreon. We're not begging you for money. All we ask is that if you like the podcast, if you're getting stuff out of it, you subscribe and you rate and you review it. I can't tell you how much that would mean to us. Thank you so much for listening. We're so happy to be back with season three, and we will see you back here next week. <laughs> <laughs>